Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up? Happy Monday on the CHGO Bears podcast. We got a loaded big Monday show for you today. We have players who have been signed to contracts. It's, I mean, this is a big thing. This qualifies as big news for the Chicago Bears these Chicago days Bears, just yeah. to sign any player, really. Um, and we have that to talk about today. What's up, guys? Olin Krutz, Nicholas Moriano here with you. And my name is Adam Hogue. Well, we had to do some digging, though, <laughs> and right. with some of these players, right? Like, okay, it's uh, Matt Adams and Tavon Young. But, um, yeah, big news because the Bears are actually doing stuff, kind of. Right, and, and they all, each player, when you dig into it, you kind of figure out how they're tied to the Bears and, and how to mm-hmm. fit the scheme. And, yep. and I'm sure we'll get into all of that. But, you know, like we talked about, it's just no. There's no huge splash here, and I don't think there really is one coming this no. year. To be honest, it's like at uh, this point, you know, the guys with the most talent will probably come through the draft. The guys with the greatest promise, right? And and, and you're hoping you get one or two. I think uh, you guys both brought up the other show, um, Akeem Hicks. You know, one or two guys that maybe just out of well. To be honest, um, I remember watching Akeem Hicks in New Orleans and just thinking, who is this monster? Mm-hmm. And then I think he went to New England, and uh, they call it the rub, right? You go to New England, and um, you get coached up by Bill Belichick, yep. and you learn how to be a pro. And and but anyway, hopefully somebody like that we get here for the but, Bears. But even Akeem came in year two of that regime, so it took a while. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, Tommy Harris will join us here in, in about twenty minutes, so uh, make sure you tune in for that. Tell your or tell somebody, tell a friend, Tommy Harris, big show today. So he'll be joining us here. A lot to talk to him about. But yeah, I was, um, I have a Bears mailbag coming out today at allchgo.com. So our members can check that out. But one of the questions I got on our Discord channel was com- about the Bills because and what Brandon Bean has done in Buffalo. There's been some comparisons there. And I went back and looked at his first year, 2017. And if you just look at, the amount of signings he had to make. So he immediately trimmed off a lot of fat on that roster. He traded Sammy Watkins, right? They, mm. uh, Reggie Ragland. Like, there's a bunch of guys he got rid of. And then there was, like, so, like 50 signings. Like, mm. I didn't count them up, but it was just this really long line of signings. And, like, when you looked at the money, they were all just, like, one-year one deal, deal, two-year right? deal, mm. one-year deal, two-year deal, and not for not a lot of money. So I understand those comparisons. Mm. That's kind of what you got to do. Now, the weird thing is the Bills actually made the playoffs that year. But then they dipped in year two. Remember that game? The Bears went out to Buffalo. I think Nathan Peterman started the game. Oh, yeah. I think Josh Allen was Nathan hurt. Peterman. He drafted that, that's Josh. When he was, wasn't he averaging like four or five interceptions a game? <laughs> Somewhere around And immediately so he threw another one. But, you know, to your point, it's, it's like you're just waiting to see the plan unfold. I mean, everyone kind of knows where the Bears are, right? They have to rebuild this team. This regime comes in. You heard Ryan Pose talk about it. Um the culture, the atmosphere, which, man, it's just not those other, you know, Coach, uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were here for four or five, six, seven years, you know, obviously Ryan Pace longer, but to have to burn the whole thing down and rebuild it again, mm-hmm. it, it's just crazy. But that's where we're sitting now, and that's why there is a, not a lot to talk about. But on the other side, you understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, you know, when we talk about building up this culture, which I think the Bears are trying to do, do you think they have to do that because they know, like, this year it's going to be tough? So you know you need to bring in guys in that locker room that, hey, we're, we're probably not going to win that many games this season, right? This is not the year the Bears are going to be competitive. But if you have the right people in the locker room so you can see the other side of it, mm-hmm. it's better to kind of have that culture established right here, obviously with the new GM, new head coach, so maybe that can help in the long run, but because like we're saying, like a lot of the guys are bringing in, not really helping out the what Bears did, all um, too much. What year Adam was Allen drafted there? 
Josh before, Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, so that's one big key difference. So he yeah. was drafted in 2018. So, so Bean drafted you, him. Yeah, so Bean drafted him. That was the second year they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually took a step back that year. Partially probably because of all the reloading they did the first year. And Allen's a rookie. It was, and then, did he start that year? He, he played like 11, 12 games. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't really remember the circumstances of why Nathan Peterman was, started that game. Was the ball there in 18? Um, I think so. I think he was there from the point Josh Allen got there. Gotcha. And, um, so, that, that's but that is one key difference, and I wrote about that in my response to the, mm. to the question in my mailbag, which is, yes, definitely understand what they're doing now. A lot of comparisons. But one key difference is when the Bills took that step back in year two, I don't know that the Bears – will necessarily have to do that. It will depend on the quarterback. It will depend because you can't afford to take a step a step back in Justin Fields' third season no. if he's good because now all of a sudden you're down to one year left on that rookie deal uh, and having to make a decision on the fifth-year option. When they, when, when they took the step back, were there injuries that year uh, uh, after the first year or was it just – they were clearing out the roster and bringing in other guys and developing young players. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head about the injuries, gotcha. but yes, part of I would think that the changes because by the way, it wasn't just trading Sammy Watkins. They let Stephon Gilmore sign elsewhere for big mm. money. They let Robert Woods go to LA for big money. Mm-hmm. You know, so That's they right. let some other big players go. I don't necessarily know. I guess the comps would be like letting Allen Robinson go to a different team or right. um Trading Khalil Mack, like that's a little bit different than just trying to trade away somebody who doesn't fit your culture. Khalil Mack fits fits any culture. I guess I guess to your point though, it's it's when you sit back and think about it and you you get caught up in analyzing it immediately, right? Looking at what's going on and like, gosh, we still don't have a left tackle. Here we sit in mid-April, no left tackle, right? We still don't have a number one wide receiver. We still don't have a three technique. We still don't have a left cornerback. We still don't have a tone setter at safety. So it's it's like, what did they do? But Ryan Pose, Ian Cunningham, they're telling you, uh, we have to rebuild this whole thing. And we're going to try to do it the right way, and that's through the draft, get young players, develop them, and then that'll e- equal lasting success. The most important thing we all understand is the quarterback. But, man, uh, when you come in, and, you know, Adam uses Buffalo, so – We'd all have to look at the comparison between that. But when you come in, how long do we have to wait since there hasn't been a playoff win here since 2010, 2011 playoffs? That is a long time yeah. to wait. Now they're asking for more patience. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the hard thing. When you watch the Chicago Bears, when you go into last year thinking, man, why are they, they giving these two guys one more year? Because if this doesn't work, this is a car wreck. Yeah. Well, but again, I want to I want to be clear. I think one key difference here is the timing with the quarterback. So when Brandon Bean and company are going into year two out there in Buffalo, they just drafted Josh Allen, and then Josh Allen didn't look that good as a rookie. So then they're going into year three, Josh Allen's second year, but year three for the regime, and they're still wondering what the hell is this guy like? Is he is this going to work out or not? Uh, they traded. Remember they traded for him, right? So, mm-hmm. yep, seventh um, overall. So, so then, oh, Josh Allen is working. Oh, he is this phenomenon. Then they go all in, going in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. with when they make the Stephon Diggs trade. So the to me the key difference here is if Justin Fields takes off like Josh Allen did in his second season, right? Um, then. Then by next year, the Bears are going to be like, okay, we got all this cap space. We still got a pretty decent defense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just saying I, I don't know that it'll take as long as it did for the Bills to build that thing up. Um, and by the way, it only really took them three or four years to really get going before they became, you know, a, a playoff team regularly. You know, I think it'll be encouraging, too, if Justin Fields can take off with Luke Getzey as a first-year offensive coordinator in, in a new offense, right? I mean, that's what Josh Allen had when Brian Dable came in in 2018. Like you said, it did take a year for him to actually get going. But if you could see that in, that growth this season, like that is encouraging for a team that will be more in a position to add more around Justin Fields. Because completely honest, right now, this is it's still not there. So if they can show that, 
this season. Like I said, the record might not indicate that the Bears are a better team, but if mm-hmm. Justin Fields looks better in Luke Getz's offense, you, you'll definitely take that. Yeah, you, you, you always got to be careful comparisons, especially when Adam studies it and then drops it on us and none of us have studied it yet. <laughs> that's okay. That's why you, you know, got so to read to be, He likes to be the genius on all the podcast. So he comes on, he says, well, I did the bills, but I know you and Nicholas didn't really look at it at all, but why don't we talk about that for the first 15 minutes? But anyway, <laughs> well, you know, we'll take a good look at that comparison with the bills and the bears, you know what I mean? And you have to be clear, if you're going to compare the two, you have to be clear about, Actually, who was on the team? What did they have? What their defense were ranked? Who was offensive line? Who was the wide receivers? Because the, the Bears don't have wide receivers, right? And, and the, so the Bills go out. They, they trade for Stephon Diggs, and they get them all these guys. But Sign Colby, uh, it's, not, it's just like you have to see, you know. And, um, but, you know, me and Nicholas will take our time and look over this Buffalo Bills comparison because yep. we didn't get it in our notion or whatever they call uh, that. No and we'll shit. try to look there over it. it. Yep. Shout out to Notion. Uh, shout See, out Notion. No, the, the real problem here is, yeah, I don't, I don't follow the playbook. I just, I get out there and I just kind of. No, that's what happens to guys who are not part of team sports. I know. And then you I know, just go out and do my own thing. They play, right. they play it direct. That's three versus All right, know, let's stick to the playbook they don't have here. Team. They don't have like running. They don't have like meetings. You know, you got to install all that kind of stuff. By the way, there was a shout out to you in that mailbag. Yeah, well. I, and by shout out, I mean shot. I got to, I got to stand <laughs> out. I got to, I got to study the mailbag. I guess I got to sign up for CHGO. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> then maybe we'll get shirts. Yeah. Maybe we can all wear. By CHGO shout out, shirts. I mean uh, shot. Uh, <laughs> that's an evil one. Uh, by shout that's out, I mean one. shot. Uh, let's stick cool. to the playbook here. All right, well, we got to get one first. No, it's right here. It's yeah. all, it's in, all here. All right, let's talk about. Lap. Let's talk about these guys that the Bears did sign in the last few days. That'd be um, good. That was a notion because. Uh, Tavon <laughs> Young. Let's start with Tavon Young. I actually like this signing. A guy who, um, you know, his, his, he's missed seasons at a time. That's just one yeah. season, but back-to-back seasons due to injuries. And um, But then he came back last year, played most of the season for the, for the Baltimore Ravens, and pretty solid player. I mean, so mm-hmm. to me, if he's healthy, he is an upgrade at that slot corner which has been a need that we've talked about here on the show for a while. So these are the types of chances, Olin, that the, that I think they're trying to take, right? You mm-hmm. don't you sign them to a one-year deal, not a lot of money. You're kind of taking a flyer on a talented player who struggled to stay healthy. It's really a boomer bust situation. Well, most people will say the same thing about Tavon Young, right? Uh, competitive, very good slot cornerback, uh, willing tackler, talking to Matt Bowen about him. Obviously, Matt Boyne knows a lot about secondary play. Mm-hmm. A willing tackler, just uh, a guy who can perform as long as we've talked about his injuries, right? So uh, another guy that the Bears sign and, and hope that he works out. But you have a guy there who has played slot corner league. He is a veteran. He, he, he is capable of playing it. So if you have young guys like Duke Shelley around, you have young guys like maybe you're going to try Thomas Graham Jr. Mm-hmm. there at the slot. Maybe you're taking a look there at – a guy helping these guys develop into a slot cornerback also, right? So not just – we're not just going to give him the job and make him the starter. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have all these guys in camp, but we also have a guy here who's played this position at a pretty high level when healthy. Yeah, I actually had an article come out today what a healthy Tavon Young could mean for the Bears' defense. And this is a guy that, after the 2018 season, was the highest-paid nickel corner in the league for how he had played. And then – 2019, one of those seasons that he ended up missing. But even last season for the Ravens, they were, they had multiple cornerbacks go down. They moved him to the outside for a lot of the games, starting from week 10 to kind of finish it out. And, you know, he was able to perform there as well. So I wonder if it could give Matt Eberflus, Allen Williams some options. Like, do you want to see a Thomas Graham in the slot? Could you put a Tavon Young for the outside in the time being? He gives you some flexibility that you could – potentially do that well sammy asked a question here uh in the comments with the signing of tavon can you move graham to the outside i see i think we're i i think we sometimes fall into the trap of like we're trying to just fill out the whole roster as it is right now now. like my guess is and we talked about this on the show before you want to bring in somebody to compete with thomas graham Mm -hmm. like we all find thomas graham jr to be an intriguing player but he's completely unproven very little tape if you're going to roll into week one with him as, and not make him compete for that job in training camp, that's not the way you go about it. So now you bring in a guy who may or may not stay healthy, yep, very low risk involved, 
but a talented guy that Thomas Graham now has to show up to training camp and you got to be like, all right, well, now I got to beat this proven player out. Um, and that only helps you overall. Then if they're both playing well and they're both healthy, it's a good problem that's, to have. that's when you start to have the conversation about, well, how do we get both of these guys on the field at the same time? Yeah, I think what they're doing is getting more competition into the building, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's going to continue with the draft. That'll continue with bringing more guys in the secondary in through <laughs> the draft, competing at what they're doing, and having these guys say, okay, like you're saying, well, you could do either or, right? You could put Tavon Young outside if Thomas Graham shows you he's the better slot corner. Mm -hmm. So you could do, like you guys are saying, if they play well, you could do then that's actually a good problem to have. But right. the Bears just need more bodies <laughs> do. in the building, on the field, take a look at them, and these contracts don't really hurt them, right? No. So if Tavon Young doesn't play, doesn't get hurt, this is not some huge contract. It's kind of a prove-it deal. And if you do find, we just talked about Akeem Hicks, if you do find, say, you're Akeem Hicks at slot cornerback, Oof. then it was a good signing. Absolutely. You know? And it also fits what the Bears... Wait, hold on. I got to jump in. Yeah. No, we saw it. We don't for, need to talk well, about it. You've had it on the screen the, for five minutes, But Lawrence. for those listening to the podcast... I mean, I think podcast, everybody's read the comment. For those listening to the podcast later, I think <laughs> well, they we don't need, need to they don't need what to see Quentin it. Brown said here. Olin, do you want to read this one? Yes. A slam dunk signing, or maybe just a layup if you're whole, LOL. <laughs> I missed that. Okay. Yeah, that, that's all I wanted to... can't dunk, yeah. so it's just a layup. Well, I can't yeah. dunk. Who called it a slam dunk signing, by the way? Eight foot rims, though. Maybe they can bring it down for <laughs> oh, me. Okay, that, that we can, now oh, we can... I would, it's fun. the landing for me now. Actually, mm. that would be really like, The fun. jumping's fine. Well, the this landing just, bugs me. When, when yes. you come down. Maybe yeah. this three-on-three -three tournament that, that everyone wants us to play, we should do eight foot rims. This that, be that would be, be fun. fun. That would, that would be fun. There'd be a lot of highlights. Where would we around. find eight foot rims? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And it would also it greatly increase the chances we all get hurt. No doubt. Too. Trying to go for like alley oops and dunks and yeah. Uh, all right, quickly before we're gonna bring in Tommy Harris here, I do want to address the other two guys the Bears signed. Matt Adams, a linebacker, again, just a depth guy here, special mm -hmm. teams type player, um, who has familiarity with with uh, with Matt Eberflus. So you know he's been in the league for a little bit. Seventh round pick. This fits the the mold of some of the players we talked about last week when Ryan Poles talked to Kevin Fishbane. We had Fishbane on the podcast talking about resiliency, late-round draft picks, undrafted guys mm -hmm. who have had to fight to stay in the league. Certainly, Matt Adams qualifies as one of those players. Then the other one is Ryan Griffin, a tight end who's been in the league for a few years as well. Um, you know, just a solid type player. Plays all over special teams in all the phases. Ryan Griffin does? Yeah, yeah. And so th awesome. those types of players help you. It helps you make the roster. And, and um, I, didn't, I didn't see – I haven't studied Matt Adams enough. What linebacker position? Do we know what he plays? That's a good question. Will, Sam, Mike, or all three maybe off the ball? Well, I, I actually don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. But I know that another player that came in to visit, according to Brad Biggs, was Anthony Hitchens. Anthony Hitchens, mm -hmm. okay. And Hitchens, has, okay. Hitchens can play that Sam – spot. Matt Eberflew said in Florida a couple weeks ago that um, he wants that Sam spot to be able to back up the other spots, too. Like a Hunter Hillemeyer type. Yeah. Like when so, Hunter would play for Erlacher. Right. Erlacher comes now, out, did, Hunter slides Did Hitchens over. play for Eberflew's in Dallas? Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So and then that, Gri Ryan, that Griffin, you would imagine Getsy, he played for Kubiak his rookie year, right? And Periani, so that is the outside zone scheme. They didn't play for Mike LaFleur last year. Yes. Again, yep. the outside zone mm -hmm. scheme. You would think, I, I'm just Cole Komet. We all hope he takes a jump. I heard you guys talking about him. Uh, obviously, the book isn't written on him yet. Uh, not a great job blocking last year at the point of attack. So you bring a guy in, and the name that comes to my mind immediately is Mercedes Lewis in Green Bay. And okay. they like to run mm -hmm. behind Mercedes. Yeah. And Mer well, Mercedes is a monster, but... Uh, Ryan Griffin hopefully gives you uh, – they lined him up this year on the line of scrimmage a lot in New York, I think so. And he was a pretty good outside zone blocking tight end there. So And, and you know, this scheme, they like to run also those quick pop-out passes where the linebacker is blocking the cornerback in the safety. So the t you need a tight end who can execute those blocks in space. Yep. I will say when I watched the film this year, uh, Cole took a step back, I thought, in his blocking. Now we talked about we talked about scheme, we talked about coaching, we talked about all those things in the developmental process of a young player. And that's why it'll be interesting to see this year what Cole looks like and how Luke Getze sees him using him. And what mm -hmm. type of player do they run at him at the point of attack? 
Well, it's a great point because, yes, at that tight end position, I think sometimes we forget they have to block. Block, yes. <laughs> well, especially in this, is that yeah. Tommy Harris? Yeah. Yeah. If you ever end up in a situation where a tight end's blocking Tommy Harris, you know something. Oh no, you're in trouble. Really, really, really <laughs> wrong. A tight end is not blocking Tommy Harris. I'll tell you that much right now. Tommy, what's up, man? Welcome into the show. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. How y'all doing, man? Is this good or should I get on a laptop? Oh, you're good. You look as long good, as we Tommy, can see man. What's up? <laughs> I'm chilling, Ole. What's going on, bro? I'm doing good, man. It's good to see you. You too, man. Well, well, Tommy is, uh, of course. As we, we try to talk about some of the players who have played in this scheme, had success in this defensive scheme. Uh, Tommy, we'll start with you there. You, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to what the Bears are doing, but it's kind of like a blast from the past. We, we've had Erlacher on the show talking about how they're trying to get these linebackers going. You played the all-important uh, position on that defensive line that really makes this whole scheme go. What do, you, what do you think about just the overall direction, Matt Eberflus, and what they're trying to do here in Chicago, bringing back some of the what you guys did so well under Lovey Smith? I think that's what the city of Chicago stands for, that toughness, that tough defense, attacking, not sitting back on your heels. And just – I'm just happy. I'm looking forward to something different than last year because <laughs> I don't know what happened. But uh, I'm excited about the guys up front and just seeing guys attack attacking the quarterback like we used to. Yeah, Tommy, Alan Williams has talked about how important the three-tech is for the Bears' defense – let me ask you, what is the most important, what is the most difficult part about playing that vital position for this defense? The most difficult part about that, I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I just know that the three technique got to be special. I mm. mean, that's what really makes the the that defense and everything else click because it's it's a know your area defense, be in your space. So that three, that under tackle is that guy that can kind of speed up time and get the ball out faster, disrupt in the backfield. If they're not making a the play, they're disrupting blocking scheme. So it, it, that guy has to be a big-time disruptor. Tommy, man, um, when you came in, you were 14th pick of the 2004 draft in the first round. Uh, we were all looking out for number 97, obviously. Um, <laughs> that's an inside joke. Uh, Two-time consensus All-American Lombardi Trophy winner, Tommy. When you came in, uh, we knew from the first play with your first step, we knew you were trouble. Like your first step was amazing. But I want to ask you about going back to Bob Stoops. It's been a lot of talk about the hits principle and how much you have to run to the ball in Lovey Smith's defense and the buy-in from young guys coming out of college and even older guys in the NFL. Talk to us a little bit about that. Now, I don't know much about Coach Stoops and how you guys used to hustle and practice stuff, but talk to us about the buy-in for NFL players running to the ball every time, that kind of hustle. That could, uh, Coach Eberflew said, these guys better bring their track shoes. Talk oh, to yeah. us about being a leader on that kind of defense. Oh, yeah, that kind of defense means you're hunting. You mm -hmm. know, Rod Marinelli did a great job that Tampa 2 just instilling – Mentally, Ron Rivera, um, just instilling mentally, one equals eleven. So if you're if you're getting to that ball, any if you're around the ball, something big can happen. I remember the year I think it was Super Bowl year, man. We it was like Peanut was knocking the ball loose. You wanted to be around where Peanut was around because <laughs> yeah, something was sure. going to pop out. So we just had a good time, excited about being around the football. That's all that Tampa 2 is about, being around the football. The camera follows the football. So we, we used to make it, uh, take it upon ourselves to make bets who's going to stay in the film, who's going to uh, stay in the film the longest, who's in the film. And uh, I think it was Rob Marinelli started making us run if we wasn't around the ball in film at the end of the play. So we've always had a, a you, you challenge one another, uh, to, to play at their max and to take care of their responsibility, which makes the whole defense looks good. Well, Tommy, you obviously had that combination of, of quickness, speed with your strength. That's what made you so dangerous. Olin, maybe I'll ask you, maybe you guys, I don't know, we hear some practice stories here, but what was it like trying to block that in practice? It was impossible. It was impossible. <laughs> Tommy was that good. He was that good, but uh, that's the thing about when we talk about this scheme, right? Like, you don't hide guys like Tommy Harris. Mm. So, I don't know, Tommy, if you saw that uh, they tried to sign Larry Ogunjobi. I don't know if you've watched much film on him, and I know you went through your own, your own injury problems, and what did you feel about 
how did you feel when he didn't get that contract? And and, and I know yeah, we'll get I, to um, practice stories, but uh, Tommy, uh, listen, I, I was the center. I, luckily, I didn't have to see Tommy too much at three technique. Mm-hmm. But uh, just that whole your first step, what the Bears, how you train to be that kind of player uh, with that first step, get off the ball. But what a lot of people don't understand about Tommy also was now he was super strong. So even when he got into you, if you got your hands on him, you were still in for quite the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my my whole thing, Olin, you know, th- that weight room was mm-hmm. uh, that was important. That's why I met Olin at every day. Like I used to see that man in there boxing on the <laughs> trying to do all his little. Pull- Olin lived in the weight room, man, and I wanted to follow after the vets, the guys that that had success in this league. They lived in the weight room. They took care of their bodies all day, and that was extremely important. Uh, my get off was was something I I learned in college from uh, Jackie Ship, but. We did a lot of one-leg get-offs, and I think that strengthened my get-off a lot, just getting off the ball on one leg. But this kid that did not get his contract, I understand 100% about injuries, playing mm-hmm. through pain. I hope it gets better for him. But I know he would have been a big um, accommodation for the Bears. So we got to find somebody in there that could turn over his feet, disrupt the, ball, disrupt the timing, and I think the Bears got a shot. Tommy, do you think that Justin Jones, the guy that, you know, replaced Larry Ogunjobi, could potentially be that for this Bears defense? Quite not the not the player that the Bears initially wanted to go get, but have you seen anything of Justin Jones that could show you that he can maybe be that guy? Yeah, I, I feel like he can develop. Um, and, and especially it's all about if, if you got a horse in the, in the race, it's about the coach. It's the coach who trains the trainer. It's very important who who is managing that. If if he can bring that out of that guy, and and, and there's no greater city to do it. I, I mean, I miss it, man, big time, man. And especially, it, it's sad. It takes football to be over to wish you can. I wish I would have took advantage of that moment and took advantage of that moment. So, just really telling the young guys that are out there to take advantage of this moment. Uh, you got a small window to be special. And uh, just suck it all, take it all in, and never take one day, uh, take event, never take one day for vanity. I want to make sure our, our viewers and listeners know that Tommy has a book out called Endure. I saw that T-shirt you're wearing mm-hmm. too. Um, it, it, and look, man, you've been through a lot. You, the whether it's the physical injuries, uh, the mental impact of tragically losing your wife, and uh, you know we've had some of these conversations before. But you've done such a good job too of sharing your your message with um with with everybody really in this form of this book but also a lot of players you've spoken to players um had some memorable speeches just what is your overall approach and why have you why has that become so important to what you're doing since your playing days uh i I feel like um losing my wife uh made it um made me more um uh, empathetic towards situations or, or people that are in loss and, and it's a funny thing. It's kind of one of those things you don't want to meet those people because you have to meet them on those circumstances. But I, I try to just um, take uh, pick, pick those people up with the courage I have or, or what I've used to turn tragedy into triumph on a daily basis and just to encourage each individual, the one that have not been through a deficit yet, encourage them to take advantage of their situations, their wives, their children, their time while they have it. And the ones that are in the deficit to not uh, give up, to continue to keep fighting. So um, that's what Endure is, uh, just day by day turning tragedy into triumph. Um, you can't make it out of here alive. So just learn how to live and enjoy your life while you got it, man, and just make the best of it. We look at the young man, um, um, uh, what's his name, out of Miami, that just happened. Haskins. Are you talking about Dwayne Haskins over Haskins, the weekend? Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you about that because I'm sure there's a message out of your book that would apply there. Yeah, rest his soul. And I, I pray for his family. I've been praying for them just in this moment to I know what that's like. And that's really a bad day. A bad day is when a, a hearse is pulling up in front of your house. Anything other than that, we'll take care of it. We'll work through it. We'll get through it one more day. Just don't give up. Whoever out there holding on, just don't give up. And you can turn your tragedy into a triumph if you endure and I, I can tell you guys from firsthand experience that, that Tommy means that. that, that that's close mm-hmm. to his heart, helping people and always trying to inspire people. And two other people that had to endure, Tommy, I want to ask you about uh, Tyson and Tinsley and what are they up to. 
And uh, that young Tyson, get him on the football field. Now I've been hearing, I've been hearing some things, and uh, you know, but, but no, but like, explain that to us. Explain that to us, and explain to us how he's doing because he looks like a monster, man. My kid is he's humongous. He's about yeah, six one, two twenty eight, wears size thirteen shoe. He's a big, big old guy. He just broke the shot. Get him those boxing gloves now. Get him those gloves. Oh yeah, he work in the gym. Okay. He work in the gym, but I'm not letting him go to ninth grade to really. We do football training, we do work, but I'm not. Let, I'm I'm trying to protect his head. I'm doing what his mom asked me to do. Gotcha. Like so, gotcha. um, trying to. If it was up to me, I would have mm. thrown him out there a long time ago. But just trying to respect that. And then my daughter is. I mean, she's a real angel. Like I, I thank God for her, bro. Um, smart as ever. And just watching them continue to grow. And also Madison. I have a, I have another daughter, Madison, also. So okay. just being able to see all them grow, bro, has been uh, – that's what I live for today. Well, I don't want to block Tyson. I know that, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to deal <laughs> I, I know, even though he'll play tonight. No, no, no. I don't – what are you talking about? That little, hey, that listen, little, you can't lean. You can't – you're leaning. You got to stop leaning. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Hey Tommy, what you, uh, uh, what, on that topic though of letting your kids play football, um, you know, in waiting until they get to that high school level, um, you know, there's that there's still that can work. I mean, I've seen it mm. coaching high school myself. We had a, a tight end who had never played until he was a sophomore. He just got a scholarship. You know, mm. like so. It, what what is what is your approach there and the reasoning for that um, in kind of waiting? Well, as I as I on on the as I'm on the back end of football and trying to get disability, uh, CTE is coming out more awareness of it. The movie Concussions at the end of my career was coming out, so I started to get into uh, really protecting the brain and how long can you do it? <clears throat> and I was reminded of Julius Peppers and me one day in the cold and he told me I didn't play football. I didn't start playing football until I was in tenth grade. I just played basketball. I say, are you serious, bro? He said, yeah, I did. I only play. I, I saved my whole body up until 10th grade, and then I started playing. And I saw my son. I put him in pads at seven, seven, seven years old one time, and he broke the state record in rushing in Little League. Mm. So I knew he he's a football player. I knew he got <laughs> right. tough. He, so once I saw he had it, I said, okay. Save I got to main I got to mm. protect just keep them all the stuff I didn't I didn't like to stretch. Mm. I just always heard like a, you never see a cheetah stretch before they go chase us. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't know I was a cheetah in Chicago. That's a cold <laughs> place to be without stretching. So I'm trying to get him to learn how to open his body up, stretch mm. and just be more flexible and also instill in him that he can learn and compete on a high level of education. And then he can get into all that other stuff. But I keep him up there. Day he goes to OU football camps, Texas camp, different camps, and he'll be ready. Hey Tommy, uh, I remember one time I was walking in a locker room, and Pep looked at me with his skittles in his hand. He goes, "Hey, oh, you don't need all that working out. You just need these skittles." And I said, "Pep, I am not a genetic freak like you. I'm gonna go work out. You keep eating those skittles." And all I'm trying to relate to the listeners is there's some Tyson Harris, there's some Pep Hamilton. You're probably not them. Yeah. You're probably, yeah. <laughs> you're probably yeah. not Julius Peppers, so you might want to train. Tommy, with the with the draft coming up, I wanted to know, have you uh, looked into Perion Winfrey at all, being an Oklahoma guy? Have you looked into him or know anything about him? Uh, Tommy, you, you muted yourself on accident. If you could unmute yourself. That'd be an inter- that's going to be an interesting topic for Tommy. Tommy must know about Perion. And Perion is one of the guys that the Bears are going to look at in that – Fit that They're like that, that yeah. three technique role, right? So, um, he was a uh, guy. I know you were high on when you watched it, and, and he he could be a guy if he's there. It depends on where Pose has him ranked on his board. They, they, like you would wonder, would they take a three technique at some point because they didn't get Ogan Joby? Exactly. Yeah, Tommy, can you hear us? Yeah, Perry, I, I know much about Perion. I've had a chance to watch him the last two years, and uh, one of my best friends coached him, Coach Thibodeau mm-hmm. at. Uh, Oklahoma. Uh, Perion's a, a very uh, explosive guy. Um, um, can can He's ferocious in the middle. He's a good pass rusher. And um, 
he, he has a high potential. If he gets a good coach, gets mm. in the hands of a – Perrion could be a very disruptive guy, a very successful guy in that middle Talk position. to us a little bit about Tommy. You've mentioned a few times now about coaching. A lot, a lot of people don't realize how important that is in the NFL, how important a good coach, a guy to teach you how to watch film, a guy to teach you how to attack an offensive lineman a certain way because it turns more into a chess match, as you know, in the NFL than just running at guys. Talk to us a little bit about how important it was for you to have these high-level defensive line coaches and for these young guys to come in and get a good coach. I, I, I think that's the thing that separates the J.J. Watts and the Vince Woolforks and mm -hmm. – the uh, Warren Saps and the, it's all the guys that were training them at their height of their career. Um, when I got in the league, I had all college coaches my first three years. Mm -hmm. And it was like when Rod Marinelli came, I was done. My knee was in my hamstring was gone. I was giving him, he, he put, he squeezed the last out of the lemon. <laughs> Whatever was left, he got the last. I remember that leg walking around that locker room, man. I go, oh, hey man, what's wrong with your leg? Dragging it, bro. I was dragging it around. But man, um, I, I think that coach is that coach is so important, man. Uh, Rod Marinelli made me want to throw away those first couple years of my mm -hmm. career. I was mm -hmm. like, what was I doing? Mm -hmm. And he said, Tommy, you thought you was always getting double teamed. He said you was lining up to the double dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he started teaching me how to make get the one-on-one -on -one. he said warren sap we put him in positions to get always get the one-on-one -on -one and beat the one-on-one -on -one. so as rod came i was kind of one step slower and I, I still put up some numbers but not like what i could have did if i had the, the extra oomph but I, it was just amazing to see how someone can open up x's and o's beyond just getting off the rock and making noise but really knowing strategy where to be to make yourself most successful Hey, Tommy, that's really interesting. I realize that, you know, just kind of hearing you talk about what could have been different, I guess, the first couple of years of your career, I realize some of that's not, you know, in your control, coaching, being put in the right spot. But I guess what would your advice be then to some of these young kids coming out of college right now and how to handle those first couple of years, even if they're first round picks? I mean, they may feel like they can walk in and do everything week one this year, but they got a lot of learning to do and a lot of maturing to do at the NFL level, right? Oh, yeah. And, and and that's day by day. And you just have to be committed to it. And and one thing I wish, like it took Rod Marinelli to come to, for me to learn. He said, Tommy, there are many professional football players, but there's only a few that are professional. Mm -hmm. And I just started learning that in year six. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean? He said, check out how guys come to work, how guys approach to get a certain guy you look at like. Olin would come in dressed in golf clothes with his lunch, and you could tell he was seasoned. He'd been there forever. Have it. Who comes to work with a Rolex watch on to go play football? <laughs> Olin coming there. So, you know, certain guys had it just – they knew that they were at going to work. I thought it was still football, just a game. I was very lighthearted, took a lot of stuff. I, if I could do it over and had someone to sit me down and say, hey, man, you got to – this amount of time to be as special as you can if you can shut off the noise, stay focused in this one place to keep your body in. Man, my experience would have been so much greater. It was great already. I just want to tell the people that are listening that it's in that moment, man, for real focus. You got a little window to be a lot for a lot of people in a long, for a long time if you could just focus in this window and, and make the most of it. Tommy, we had uh, Brian Urlacher on the podcast a couple weeks ago. How does having a linebacker like that help your job, and how do you help a guy out like that? Well, Brian never helped me, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Tell him, T. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Brian, man, I, I love Brian. Just, you know, me and Brian, me, Brian, and Bree, and Hunter. I mean, that's the whole thing about cover two. Brian doesn't look good without Hunter. Hunter doesn't look good without Briggs. Briggs doesn't look good. We all kind of – I started off, and I speed – it speeds up with me. How I'm hey, you better mention Tank, or she's going to listen to this and call and, you. Oh, no. You, no question, but Tank's a given, man. I didn't want to pick it between Tank and Spice Adam. So. <laughs> My fault. My fault. Yeah, both uh, of them. Both of the guys. You know? And then uh, Hunter is the – Hunter took some damage, Olin. Like, oh, when man. I used to watch that film, I didn't know how much his job was just to take on, crash on that. 
in, but putting all those guys together, Erlacher, to have a linebacker that big that could cover the seams and play downhill, it was just unbelievable. And it would be many games where we just had an unspoken language. You know, uh, he'll come up and if I see him move a certain way, I know I can. I got freedom to do whatever I want to do, and he's gonna cover me. Mm -hmm. So that's all. All I remember Lack would say: "Stay. If you're gonna mess up, if you're gonna stay, pick that gap. Stay in your gap, dummy." Stupid. <laughs> so, hey, Tommy. Uh, 2006, a play that a lot of people watched it that I think is an example of just how great you were. And people don't talk about who you're lined up on. Hall of Fame left guard Hutchinson. The center is Matt Burke, one of the best centers of his time. Uh, take us through that play uh, late there in Minnesota. Uh, we need a big play. The offense is not scoring any points. Uh, walk, walk, the, uh, walk the listeners through the play. Did you read that there was going to be a, a gap scheme and that Hutchinson was pulling? Uh, did you know the snap count? How did you get there that early, beat Burke's back block and cause that fumble to get us the ball late in that game? Walk us through that play. Okay, so um, first I get to the sideline. We, we come off the field. Um, defense gets the ball, gets offense the ball back. Mm -hmm. uh, we feel like we're out of it. Wilkes is looking down. Coach Drake is looking down. I say, man, get y'all head up. The game ain't over with. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make the play. I'm going to get us the ball back. Mm -hmm. The next play, Wilkes always remind me of this. God rest in peace, Drake. Uh, he told me this at Drake's uh, funeral. But uh, I watch film. I've been studying Hutchinson forever. Like, I always averaged like two sacks against them because Hutchinson always gave away the snap count. If he was he was stiff on 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 one, and then he was, I mean, on one, he was he was ready to go. On two, mm -hmm. he played like a statue. <laughs> Right, so right, I knew yeah, I, I knew the hard count was coming, and I just I just anticipated all. I I, I knew he was pulling. I knew mm -hmm. I knew I had to get in the backfield, and you know I really you were one of the only centers I had to go over the top. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go around back because you shut that option off. But I knew that I knew that the center couldn't get to me when I I, I lined up in a I tightened down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was gonna beat I beat the center around and took the handoff from Chester, knocked it out of his hand. It's a big-time play, man. It was, it, that was an amazing football play, guys, right back in the game. Actually, gave us a chance to win a game. We had no business yeah, winning. Yeah. For the touchdown. Yep. I liked how he nodded his head the second you said the offense wasn't scoring points. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it wasn't. But that year we did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Tommy, I wish you could see all these comments coming in, man. You are still clearly one of the fan favorites here. All these Bears fans here mm -hmm. showing you a lot of love. Uh, and and just hearing you talk football, it's a, it's it's obviously a ton we could still learn from you. So I appreciate the time today. Good luck hey, with I, your new book, man, Tommy. Good to see you, bro. Hey, thank you, man. Y'all could go check my book, Endure Out, TommyHarris.com. Mm -hmm. Go check it out, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. And I love y'all. Bear down. All right, man. All right, that's man. awesome. So much good stuff there from Tommy Always. Harris. Yeah, the book is called Endure. I can't wait to check it out myself. Um, and, man, just hearing – like, I – it's not just our fans. Like, I want to hear uh, – players should listen to what he's saying there. Like, just hearing him talk about how he's studying a center. Knowing Especially exactly one tendencies. in yeah. the division. Like, I would stress that. Let me ask you that, Olin, right away. Like, how much did you concentrate, especially on the players you saw twice a year in your own division? Because that's got to make a huge difference. Well, you heard Tommy talk a lot about – and you talk about Rob Marinelli, right? You, you talk about – Warren Sapp, you talk about Booger McFarlane, you talk about Tommy Harris, you talk about Max Crosby. Like, these are not all by accident. They're one-man coach, all these defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. And then you hear him talk about his preparation of the little things. And, and to your question, um, really you're studying everyone like that in the NFL. Like, that's your advantage, right? Like, it's it's everyone runs outside zone. How do you run it? And, and what – what Tommy's saying and what you like to tell young players is you don't block the starting nose guard in outside zone like you block the backup nose guard in outside zone. The steps are different. Like, fundamentals are the same, right? So, like, say I meet an all young offensive lineman and you're saying, okay, I always tell them, I go, if I took you to a high school, these guys who are coming to the NFL, and I asked you to coach fundamentals offensive line play, you could do it. So what are we actually working on today? What are we actually looking for? And what you're looking for is what Tommy was talking about, right? Tommy read that 
that Hutchinson and, and Hall of Fame left guard and Matt Burke, a guy who's a borderline Hall of Fame center, they had keys to them, right? So, like, you're saying, and, and Tom, you hear Tommy talk about, like, now this is a business. Well, that, that's the business part of it, is that everyone is studying just to beat you, not to beat your scheme, and then they're starting to beat your offense corner, and then they're starting to beat you in that scheme with your offense corner. So that's all different. And I, and I know that's a lot to, like, digest, but that's what he's trying to say. And that's what the question you're asking. But the thing I found interesting, like you said, you want to listen to him, is it finally hit me when he was talking and we heard Erlacher and we kept talking about how do you how is Eberflus and Allen Williams going to get these guys to buy into this hits principle? And it finally hit me when Tommy was talking. You see their excitement when they mm-hmm. – yeah. it's like the scheme sells itself, right? The success in the scheme – the balls start popping out. Everyone's having fun. Uh, we're betting who's going to end up in the in the screen, who's going to end up in the video. Um, and that's the kind of, I think, when you hear about they say they want to make the atmosphere, the culture a certain way at Hallis Hall. I think when you hear the defensive guys talk about playing for Rob Marinelli, playing for Ron Rivera, playing for Lovey Smith, uh, you hear him joke that Erlacher never did anything for me. That's... That's their camaraderie, right? right. That's yeah, their. Yeah. Yeah. That's how close you, you hear him rave about Hunter Hillemeyer, right? And we just talked about Hitchens. Like, what would Hitchens provide this linebacker crew? Mm-hmm. And he said, "Man, you don't know the kind of, the kind of um, work that Hunter Hillemeyer did in that scheme." But it just hit me when, when what Eberflus them are trying to tell you is, um, the scheme sells itself. Right, like there is fun to run around and having fun and flying around. And uh, somebody put on Twitter the other day, um, all those I I, I retweeted. But the defense is like twenty guys jumping over the pile. I don't think you've yeah. seen this video, but um, that's the biggest thing I got out of that when I was listening to him talk. And then like Tommy, you could see him like come alive talking about it. Yeah, a, a couple things there because a lot of a lot of good stuff in there. And we we did hear Matt Eberflus. Tell us on the Hogan Johns podcast about that team tackle idea. If they get seven yeah. guys there yep. on a tackle, that's going to count as a team tackle. And that's part of that, I think, that competition you're talking about there, Olin. Uh, but way, way late to tell you guys about our friends at Points Bet. So uh, return to some. And by the way, that that play that Olin asked Tommy about is on our Twitter. Uh, if you go to Olin's Twitter, if you go to my Twitter, actually, Olin's the one who put that video out originally. Um, so, so check that out if you want to visualize that play that he asked Tommy Harris about. But the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it because if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. So that's $2,000 in free bets a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. You're home for live in-play betting. Just got even better because we are introducing PointsBet's new feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now. Register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will get access to all of our premium written content from all of our great writers. Am just had his mailbag out. I have an article on Tavon Young, so you can go check that out on allchgo.com. You also get a free T-shirt of your choice when you become a member, and you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge, and, of course, we have podcasts and live shows like this one on every team every day. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. Olin, um, just hearing you and hearing Tommy Hearing Brian Erlacher on with us a couple weeks ago, how did the Bears recapture that type of camaraderie that you guys still have all these years later? Because that's what impresses me so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think, and why that's so important is because of what you were just talking about. You saw that on the film when you actually watched the games. Like, you saw them kind of mm-hmm. compete with each other 
to get the takeaway. When you hear Tommy say, oh, peanuts in the screen, the ball's coming loose. Like, who's going to be the one who gets the ball? Mm -hmm. Like, those type of friendly competitions, and sometimes not so friendly, because I've heard about some of the special teams battles, too, about who's blocking for Devin and who's getting the, you know, who's getting the credit there. But it all comes together, and all these years later, like, just hearing you guys talk, I think we can all still hear it. It's a great question, and and it's hard to explain it's something you're always trying to explain when you say man you need culture you need atmosphere you need certain kind of guys in there um you know it, it like competition is good and you're saying okay it's friendly not so, like both competitions in an nfl locker room is good no matter where you're getting it from as long as everyone's moving in the same direction right but uh lovey was a good leader uh brian Erlacher was already there mike brown those kind of guys um Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, we're talking to him on the No Name podcast this week, and he was talking about football character and kind of asked him to, to define what that is. And just that's football character. Guys who, like, really love the game. Just are there. I mean, we're all there. NFL eventually turns into a business for everybody, right? We're all there for business. But if you love the game, you can't help but get caught up in how fun it is how great it is to be on a football field uh, with your teammates. Look, um, we all posted and laughed this way when Erlacher and Briggs blew me up, right? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. The the tape is even better than the story. Like, they just beeline you. Well, and then then context matters, right? Julius Peppers is blowing up the tight end, and, like, you got to bubble around the tight end because there's – so there's Hall of Fame Peppers. I'm trying to bubble around. Hall of Fame Lack, and then – Lance Briggs is a Hall of Famer, right? So, but you love all of that, right? Like yeah. you, football players, guys who love football, you love getting blown up. You love blowing guys up. You love just all that stuff that comes with it, right? And you can see, and you have to get, the more of those guys you get in the building, the better for you. And we just had a lot of those guys in the building. Credit to Jerry Angelo, credit to Mark Hatley, but Jerry Angelo kept us all around, right? Resign Erlacher, resign Mike Brown. Uh, re-signed uh, um, a bunch of guys who had high football character and finding them, getting them on the building, and all those guys together deciding, look, we're just going to win games. Like, that's all we care about here is winning football games. You know what, Olin? I wonder, like, obviously, when you have guys like that, like Tommy Harris said, like, hey, I'm going to make the play. Mm-hmm. And when knowing that you, you have teammates that are capable of doing that, it almost makes you, I would think, Want to just hold up your end of the bargain, right? Just well, to, and, and you guys would agree now. You don't hide. A, like, Tommy Harris is just born, right? Tommy Harris is born. <laughs> like, you yeah. don't hide guys like Tommy Harris, Brian Erlacher, Julius Peppers. And that's the worry about this Tampa 2 defense mm-hmm. the Bears have. It's okay. Where are they, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Eddie Jackson, you can make an argument for extraordinarily talented, right? Roquan Smith, talented. Uh, you know, Brian Erlacher was here. Uh, Mike Brown was here. Then they got Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson the first year. Tommy was, you know, I think they said, I think he ran a four seven three at the combine, and he ran a. They said he ran a four six eight at uh, in at Oklahoma in his forty. Like when you watch his first step, if Tommy Harris doesn't tear his hamstring, uh, like he's talking about, and and he's right. I remember seeing him come back. Uh, remember, the Bears made him the highest-paid defense lineman in the NFL. Yep. Then they gave him four years, $40 million. And he, he already had torn his hamstring. And it would just never really recover from that. I mean, if he stays healthy with Rob Marinelli as his defensive line coach, as his defensive coordinator, the numbers that guy would have put up mm-hmm. in the NFL. Hall of Famer. Yeah, Hall of Fame. But, yeah. but that's what I guess, um, Nicholas, is that's what they're saying, right, at Hallis Hall, is that's what we're trying to build. Uh, okay, but I got to ask you, when you come around Peppers, because mm-hmm. you're blindsided, you're like, you can't, you probably can't see the linebackers at that point. No. You no, come no. around, that, you're bubbling around like you yeah. said. I mean, what's going through your head? Um, going through my head is, well, when I see them, going through I'm his in head a bad, Brian Erlacher and Lance Briggs, I would say. I'm in a, uh, I'm in a bad position when I see them, <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, I have no chance here, is what I'm thinking. But I loved your response on Twitter. First down. Well, it was first oh, yeah. down. <laughs> it was 34 to 13. We had 400 yards of offense. Ooh. We smashed them yeah. that game, right? But they got one play. They got one play on a 34-year-old center in his 14th year yeah. in his 200th game. When you're running the clock And out. And think about this now. 
they're pulling their 34-year-old center. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you're a pretty good center if they're still pulling you at 34. Yeah, true. Yep. You know what I mean? Did did and, Lackin and, break uh, did you? No. After oh, the yeah. Play? No. We or talked before, the... during, after. <laughs> uh, listen, if you're a football player, like, you get blown up. Like, that's, a, that's like, if, if Lack didn't try to do that to me, I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't be happy with him. Like, I'm, I, was trying to, I was trying to blow him up, and he was trying through the whole game. Right? We mm-hmm. are just going after each other. But um, if you watch the game and listen to it, um, Drew Brees yells opposite. Opposite over checking the play to the nose guard. As soon as he yelled opposite, I knew Lacking Briggs knew the play. Mm-hmm. And they know I'm pulling. So they came down here and blasted me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sean Payton said, look, um, after the game, he said, those guys wanted to kill you. Uh, they didn't even care if we got the first down. I said, you noticed that, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't. That's, that's awesome. Hey, uh, if you're enjoying what we're doing here on the CHGO Bears podcast, one way to help us to continue to grow is download the Points Bet app. Use that code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all that web comp content we are talking about and you even get that free t-shirt of your choice i think my t-shirts are showing up today you think so that's what uh, i got mm. an email this morning oh okay so nice. I'm, i think i'm gonna the, rock oh the chgo yeah. t-shirts yeah i think i'll be rocking one tomorrow the drip. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic drip. yeah the drip i'll, ha- I'll have that email points met at all chgo.com if you have any questions and if you missed it online sign up available in illinois download the app now register your account from start to finish all from your phone what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We had a question I had earlier. I a gambling problem. Just, I lost again on points bet. I bet mm-hmm. on that Gilbert Burns-Shumaya fight on UFC 273. And if anybody saw that fight, that was a war. But Gilbert Burns-Shumaya, that's Gilbert Burns ranked number two at 170. Shumaya is number 11, but he's so good he was favored. Yeah. I took Burns. I think he was like, plus 200 or something. Mm. But I thought he wanted to fight, but they gave it to Shemaya. Good fight. I mean, I know it's not as interesting as curling, but it was a really good fight. (laughs) Hey, I was watching the curling on Saturday night. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not as interesting as curling, two guys fighting. But (laughs) sweeping ice is way more interesting USA couldn't do, uh, couldn't beat You had it on. They were huge underdogs. Brad Brad Gushu (laughs) in Canada. See that? Way more. Hey. Can you bet on curling? Yes, I was just about to say. Can you really? Points bet. You, there was, uh, now. So there's like favored teams. In the Olympics, you could bet on the teams that would win the gold medal. Who won the gold uh, medal? Uh, for, uh, Sweden won the gold in, in curling. And they and they also won last night against Canada in the world championships in Las Vegas, which would have been really fun. Did to you bet to. on down? I did not. I did not. I, you know, I have my limits. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, there was a good question from Ryan before we get out of here earlier in the show. Ryan M. Uh, yep, there it is. Can, he wants. He was wondering, Olin, if you could speak on – Justin Fields was at the Blackhawks game mm-hmm. the other night with all his offensive linemen, some other players. Um, this comes up a lot in the offseason, mm-hmm. pretty much for every team. The quarterback's hanging out. He's throwing the ball here. They're training in Georgia. They're doing whatever they're doing. As, as an offensive lineman mm-hmm. – how much does that matter when your quarterback in the offseason's interacting with you, hanging out with you, whatever? Is it all? Yeah, it matters. It, yeah. it matters just like any other business, right? You'll, you'll work better together as you get to know everybody mm-hmm. and, and, and create some kind of chemistry, some kind of bond on and off the field. So um, that matters. You know, obviously, we, you know, whether it was Grossman or, or Kyle Orton or Jay Cutler or Jim Miller or whoever it was of the 55 guys we snapped to um, – you know, you always want to hang out with each other, get to know each other, get to know their families, get to know the, the person. And then you're just kind of, you know, they always talk about family and creating that bond. And you guys are just talking about how, how do these Bears build that? Mm-hmm. That's one way, right? Justin Fields is out at the Blackhawks game. Uh, he's, got to get, he's got to get to know his new center, Lucas Patrick. He's got to get to know all the guys in there. So uh, have a good time. Uh, enjoy your time in the NFL because not everybody's not going to offer you boxes the rest of your life, right? True. So you get to go to Blackhawks game, sit in the box. Go on the ice, uh, uh, hit the puck, have fun, put jerseys on. Uh, when you're young in your 20s, you're playing the NFL, it's time to enjoy all of that. True. Absolutely. True. All right, well, appreciate everyone today. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the Tommy Harris interview. Again, if you, if you jumped in here late to the live show, you want to go back or just ever list, miss any of our episodes, they're all available 
as podcasts. Wherever you listen to your podcast, just search for the CHGO Bears podcast. Find our uh, friends at PointsBet. Use that code CHGO. AllCHGO.com is where the memberships are at. Saw a couple comments in here about wanting draft content. We got a ton coming for you, I promise. Mm-hmm. Not only here on the show, also online at AllCHGO.com. Uh, some of it's already been recorded. We got some special things coming out for you guys, uh, breaking down different positions. So we promise we will not leave you hanging there. But for now, follow us on Twitter at CHGO Sports, uh, at CHGO underscore Bears. I'm at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano, at Olin underscore Crutes. Mm-hmm. Plenty of good content. You can find that play we were talking about earlier where Tommy Harris just wrecked the entire And the play I got wrecked. You find both. <laughs> yeah. They're on both, my Twitter page. They're, they're both really fun they're to watch. They're both there. Check yeah. it out. Um, you got a little niche there. I'm, I'm encouraging you to keep that going. What's that? Old video. Put that on your Twitter account. Yeah. People like Enjoy it. People it. Yeah. eat it up. Yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> I, I have a bunch of old video. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, I, I did the one where they try to, what's his name, Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network, try to make my guy J-Mac look bad. So Ooh, I, put I, a bunch of, I put a bunch of good plays at J-Mac blocking linebackers uh, versus the Vikings. So I use it. It's just kind of. You know, you want to make sure you make the old ball players look good. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, that's all on his Twitter account, so don't miss it. We are out of here. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Talk to you then.